Hey guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow and Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Heyo, and welcome back to another episode of the Grow and Go podcast with your host, Tanner Recklage. It is me. I am here. And uh, guys, this is going to be a freaking awesome episode. Um, I have a ton of notes right in front of me, and I feel like it's going to be a very impactful conversation, uh, one that will help us strive to be better, strive to be more like Christ, strive to be um, loving, and how to love the world more. And um and I feel like it's going to go really well. Um, but before that, I want to get into the embarrassing story of the week. Uh, and here it is. Okay. So this happened seven years ago. Or gosh, seven years ago. <laughs> I meant to say 2017, which was three years ago. Uh, three years ago, um, I was I was dating someone, right? And it was my first time going over to this girl's house. And so we had hung out. I had met her family. You know, it went really went really well. Uh, her and I are no longer together, uh, but we had we had been together, and we were, and it, like I said, I went over to her house for the first time, had dinner, you know, watched the movie with her, like had had a really, really great day, you know, just kind of just rolling, kind of just getting things rolling, and um, and you know, so then it got late, and eventually it was time for me to leave, and so you know, I said goodbye, um, especially to her mother specifically. I said goodbye to her mother because it was really nice meeting her. She was a really sweet lady. And then, you know, great, great woman. <laughs> so she's going to be important in a second. But, uh, you know, it was just, it was a really good time. And so I was leaving. Uh, I gave my girlfriend a hug. Um, and I walked out and it went to my car. And so my, my ex-girlfriend's driveway was very, very long. And let's just say that all the cars that, they, the whole family had, this girl had so many siblings. Um, I'm not giving away names, but, uh, she had a lot of siblings. A lot of cars were there and I had parked my car specifically. So it, it, maybe it would be easy to get out. And so I got in my car, I started my car and I put it in reverse and again, long driveway. And I pull my car backwards and all of a sudden I hear a and I had scraped my then girlfriend's mom's car, the bumper, and I freak out. And I I, I didn't scratch like I didn't scratch it, okay. But I definitely like heard it go across the car. And the embarrassing part is that I didn't get out and look. I didn't tell them. I drove off because I had to leave. <laughs> and. Um, you know, I, I, this would be, it would be more embarrassing for me to say that they saw it happen or that like all of a sudden the next day they're like, what happened to my car? And they had to take it to the shop, but that, that didn't happen. They didn't even notice. I don't even think there was a scratch. Um, they, you know, they never asked about it. And as far as I know, the car is perfectly good and you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that. You know, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really want to. I want to hope for the best and I want to hope that the car is okay. I want to hope that, um, 
you know, everything's fine with it. But as far as I know, nothing happened and we just left it at that and it never happened. And if, um, dear ex-girlfriend, if you were listening to this, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you, (laughs) but I, who knows if you're listening, but anyway, this isn't for you. (laughs) Um, but yeah, guys, that was my embarrassing story of the week. Um, yeah, don't trust me with cars. Um, if you've heard season one, you already know that I kind of, kind of suck at driving, but anyway, let's get right into today's topic. Um, and that is about, about arrogance and pride and humility all mixed in together as one. And if you see the title of this episode, it's called get off the high horse. And some of you are kind of like, you know, pumped. They're like, oh man, like this, I know so many different believers and so many Christians who act like this, or, or maybe you're one of them and you're kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm not on a high horse. I, I hold the truth and therefore I have the right to share the truth. And it's like, okay, um, let's just let this episode unfold, I guess. <laughs> so, um, like I said, title is called get off the high horse. And the reason why I call it that is because myself and I know a couple other believers who act this way, <laughs> who act like, man, I have the answers. I know how to help people. I, and like, it doesn't even come off as helpful at that point. It just comes off as arrogant and prideful. And essentially when people look at us, specifically unbelievers, when they see us, um, you know, if they look at us as judgmental, harsh and opinionated, um, just based on how we share our views on certain things, it's almost like there's no wonder that they wouldn't be more welcome to coming close to who we say we follow. Because in those instances, I don't think they'll open the Bible and they'll see the Jesus that we act like he is. And I think a lot of the times that we get it mixed up because, you know, when we accept him into our lives, we are called holy and we are, we are called blameless and we do have a new identity. You know, we, we are made in the image or we are therefore in the process of being more like him, the sanctification process. And it's like, but that doesn't mean that we are aligned to who he is. You know, Jesus was perfect. Obviously Jesus never sinned, was never given the opportunity or he was given the opportunity, but he never did sin. Um, but therefore that kind of just makes us feel like, oh, like we're on the same page. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we act like we are the Holy Spirit at times where we can, we feel like we have the right to share the truth, even if it hurts or isn't kind to someone because, you know, in the wise words of uh, Ben Shapiro, like facts doesn't care about your feelings, essentially. Um, and I, I, I have a lot to say on that, but I think if we can narrow down the issue, I think we need to just realize that getting off the high or having a high horse isn't us trying to sound loving. You know, I think we can use what the truth that we possess and, and the Holy Spirit and the relationship that we have with God almost as a cop out to be jerks. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, like we can act like we have all these answers, but that doesn't mean we have a right to be a jerk, if that makes sense. And it goes down to pride and how pride can so creep, it can creep into and turn into arrogance. And believe it or not, the book of Proverbs talks a ton about pride. Like I, almost all the verses that I have written in front of me 
are from Proverbs. And I want to start with this first one, which is Proverbs 16, verse 18, where it says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so on that verse, it almost, almost always, when you have pride in you, it always has destruction and there's always a fall. And man, if we just like recognize that the way to go is not to be prideful and not to act like we have all the answers and not to act like we're some superior to the rest of the world just based on the relationship that we have, um, that it would save us so much more heartache. And it would, you know, if we want the world to know who Jesus is, he, they're not going to want him if we're being prideful. If we want people, if we want non-believers to see who Jesus is in our lives, then we need to realize that that arrogance isn't from him. You know, like I've talked about this before, but Jesus like had all the, had all the answers. Jesus was the truth. He was the way, the truth and the life. He was who he said he was. He was God in flesh. And, you know, when he was on earth, if you look at the stories, if you look at the verses and these, and these different points of view from the um, gospels, like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I can't tell you one time where I've seen him and I've been like, oh man, I don't want to follow that guy. He, he seems just prideful and he just seems so full of himself. I don't see that at all. If anything, I see Jesus just feeding people, you know, healing people, listening to people, giving people what they need in not just like what they actually need on earth, but what they need in their heart. I didn't see someone who walked around and like acted like he was the hot stuff, you know, like he, he rode on a donkey, you know, like, and he was the king of the king of heaven and he rode on a donkey. And so it's funny, like how often when we have this relationship with God that we act like we're just putting aside the fact that Jesus rode a donkey and saying like, no, therefore, because I have a relationship with him, I get to ride the, I get to ride this high horse and, and I get to act a certain way because I have the truth. And in all honesty, that doesn't do anybody good. Like, I don't even think Jesus approves of that. Like, it's, it's so funny. Like, and there's a quote I found where it said, um, and it's from Jonathan Edwards. It says, humility leads the Christian to treat others that are in fault with meekness and gentleness as Christ did his disciples. So when Jesus was here, he treated others who, like it says in this quote, who are at fault with meekness and gentleness. You know, I could think of, um, I think it's Zacharias who was in the tree and he like told him to come down. He didn't like point a finger and say all these rude things to him. He's like, come down and let me like eat with you. You know, and he, he treated him with kindness, even though he didn't deserve it. And like Peter, um, after Peter had denied him three times in right before his death, there's a scene where Jesus is on the beach with Peter and he doesn't point at him and say like, you should have done it this way. And you, you didn't do this and you should have done that. But instead just says, Hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I do. He's like, and so we ask him a couple more times because sometimes we need reassuring, but he's like, do you, do you really love me? And that's the attitude that I think Jesus wants us to model too. And not to say that we're, we'll never be Jesus. We'll never be as perfect, perfect as him. But if our goal is 
to be sanctified and to look like Jesus in this while we're here, while we're still imperfect and will always be imperfect, but to look like him. And our goal is to, to be more closer to him than when we get there. Um, if our goal is to do that, then I don't think us sharing our opinion while we're on our high horse and while we act like we are so much better than everybody else, like we're so superior and that we're more important. I don't think that's the stance that Jesus wants us to have. And that leads to another verse where it's Proverbs 16, verse five, where it says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Two words that I don't really think about that much, and it's arrogant and abomination. So arrogant by definition is um, to be revealed an exaggerated sense of one's importance. And like, how often do we tend to do that? where we act like, because I am a Christian, because I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore I get to act like I have this soul wisdom. Where in all honesty, if you look at people who claim to be Christians on like Facebook, and I'm talking like older people on Facebook at times, like you see these comments and these posts about like which political party is right. I'm just going to say that the if you're a Christian, or if you are a Republican, that does not mean you're a Christian. And if you are a Democrat, that does not mean you're a Christian. And it's so funny how often we we associate our faith with our beliefs in the political system to the point where we act like, no, this is what Jesus would have done. Therefore, this party's right or this party's wrong. It's like, no, who cares? Like, the goal is to be like Jesus and Jesus wouldn't have voted for either party. I think Jesus would have been the third party. <laughs> um, but to realize that like, just because we have a platform and therefore we have this new title, that doesn't mean we're going to get it right. I think we need to realize that sometimes we are arrogant and we can be arrogant. We can be prideful with our words and the way we treat people and the way we act uh, so much holier than now. And nobody wants to follow someone like that. You know, Jesus was holy, but he wasn't holier than thou to the point where I felt like I couldn't measure up to him. Therefore, why did I even try? And the truth is, is I really, no one can measure up to Jesus. And that's what makes grace so beautiful is because we don't deserve his grace and he is the king and he would give that grace to us for free. Why aren't we giving that grace for free to people who also don't believe and who also don't get it. You know, when we're a Christian, we're supposed to look at the Bible as our, you know, uh, our way of looking at life and looking at different things. Um, and at times, you know, we can, like I've said this before, I think I said this in the last, last episode, but, um, you know, we can do the right thing the wrong way at times. And we can say what we want to say and do what we want to do. Um, because we feel like we have this entitlement as a believer to do and say whatever we want. But at the end of the day, if anything, our hearts and our words should be more careful because we're not only trying to, you know, represent who Jesus is. We're also supposed to glorify him and our words count as that. So if we're treating someone with, with disrespect, if we're treating someone with disgust, um, just because we don't agree with them or we think of what they do or say as you know, not what we agree with, 
that doesn't give us the right to point the finger at them and say they're wrong just because we have this title. If anything, our goal is to give grace, to give grace abundantly. Like one of my mantras in life is that I want to forgive so easily to the point where they don't even have to ask me for forgiveness. I just want to forgive them even if they never ask. And I think that's what Jesus does too at times where like, I feel like there's so many times where I fall and I, and I screw up and I say things and it takes me a while to like remember that, oh my gosh, like I treated that person so unfairly. What was I thinking? And like, it could be months or years down the road where I like finally have my heart softened to that. But Jesus isn't, I feel like Jesus probably has the same attitude of, no, I, I, I love you, you know, like you're never going to get it right. Like, and there are times where you will get it right. And there are times where you'll get it wrong and you are imperfect, you know, just by, because of the fall, but I still love you. Like that's Jesus's heart is I still love you. Even if you never get the answer right. And that doesn't give us an excuse to sin, of course. But I think if our goal is to look like Jesus on earth, we need to realize that we need sometimes to give people grace and to love them, even if they don't get it. Um, There's another verse too that I want to talk about where it says uh, in Proverbs 29, verse 23, it says, one's pride will bring him low, but he who's lowly in, in spirit will obtain honor. So if we lower ourselves, and that doesn't mean put ourselves down, but if we lower our, you know, act like our, our stance where we think we're better than other people, if we lower ourselves and if we, if we put our pride on the back burner as if we don't need it, because we really don't, then we'll obtain honor. You know, we will be seen, not even be seen, but God will give us this spirit and this, he'll deem us with honor and he'll see us as not someone who is lowering or lowering ourselves, but someone who realizes that, Hey, I need to be humble instead of letting my voiced opinions take more ownership than the way I love people. If that makes sense. And so I think, and, and that even like brings up a question too. I don't think Jesus wouldn't have voiced his opinion louder than his actions. I think his love would have done the talking for him. And I think that's what, if people look at us on social media or in real life or in person, I don't want the words I say to be what they remember me from. I want my love to speak for that. You know, I want the way that I've listened to people and the way that I've actively chosen to listen to them, even though they may be annoying and even though I might not agree with them on things. And even though we might believe this different things, like, I just want the way that I love to speak for itself. And again, I, I am in no means perfect. And I, and if you're listening to this, neither are you. Um, Cause I can think of four or five people right now who annoy me so much to the point where like, Oh my gosh, I literally have to try to love this person better. And like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think if anything, that just shows that man, like I don't want to be someone who, puts my beliefs, puts me as a Christian above me loving people. Because at the end of the day, me loving people should come from my new title. 
because God loved me, therefore I can love others. Like it says in uh, first or third John, gosh, I never remember that verse. Um, but we love because he loved us first. And so if our goal is to humble ourselves, we need to realize that humbling ourselves doesn't mean us always getting our way. And that doesn't mean us always getting the right word out. But to humble ourselves and to realize that our arrogance doesn't have to take ownership and that our love can be the thing that flows out of us instead of our opinions. And so, you know, and we're arrogant when we act like we're better than others. And sure, it can come off as holy and, you know, we can, it can come off as good for us to say things like, hey, we need to pray for this person or, hey, let's just be praying for that person because they obviously don't get it. But in all actuality, it comes off like, we're so much holier than now, which is something Jesus despised. And it talks about in Matthew 23, he was literally talking to the disciples and he said, "Um, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And that's the goal. Like our goal is not to make sure we have the right word in to make sure that whatever we say is held the highest standard of living but whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So if we humble ourselves, if we, you know, we don't have to voice our opinion all the time, plain and simple. There's a lot of things on Facebook that I scroll through and I think, man, I really want to comment something because I know this isn't good and I know I don't agree with this, but I have to humble myself and realize that sometimes humbling yourself isn't always voicing your opinion. And sometimes it's just, letting the water settle and to realize that, Hey, I might not agree with that, but I love that person more. So man, that was, I really needed to say that to myself. There's a few takeaways that I kind of want to just talk about. Um, and kind of just the things that we've talked about. And it's that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, there's, if we act so, if, if we're on our high horse, we're considered proud, plain and simple. But if we step off it and realize that there's people around us and that our goal is not to be right. You know, I feel like that's a, that's a huge theme right now in this, in today's world and today's culture and society is that we have to be right. Otherwise we're irrelevant. And, you know, kind of like the last episode about being one-sided, like, like my opinion has to be right. No, yours opinion has to be wrong. And it's like, if we just lower ourselves, if we just humble ourselves and realize that none of us have it right, but God does, then we can just live so much more freely. Like we can live with freedom if we just humble ourselves and we just realize that no one here on earth has all the answers correct all of the time. You know, we, and if anything, if we try to be on our high horse and if we try to point out other people we must acknowledge the two by four in our own eye before we think we can call out somebody else. You know, they talk about that in Matthew seven with the plank in the eye, but we need to realize that if we want to voice our opinion on something, not even our opinion, if we share something that is biblical, that is straight out of the verse, we first need to realize that, yes, that is true. That is what our truth is, but we need to realize that they might not believe the same thing we do if they are not a Christian. And, you know, there's so many different lines that we can cross there, but I feel like 
we have to acknowledge that there's we're at fault too and we're never going to get our answers right either the things that our our own opinions that pile up on top of each other are never going to be right just as much as theirs aren't and i feel like another important thing that we gloss over so much is the grace element like we talked about earlier but we did not deserve grace okay if we're believers we do not deserve grace. And so if we act like we're in this sort of entitlement to it, like, you know, I gave my life over to the Lord. I said a prayer this night. I have done this for the Lord. I've done this. I've said these things. I, I have this title now. I put Christian in my bio. Like we are still not entitled to grace. And, and what sucks is that grace isn't fair. <laughs> but it's so beautiful. Because all can be given grace, even if we don't think they deserve it. Because even if, even if, again, even if we don't think they deserved it, we also didn't. Just because we are a believer and we follow him, we don't deserve the grace and the mercy that he gave us. And even if they don't believe, if unbelievers, they don't deserve grace either. No one deserves grace. And I think that's a key element to humbling ourselves and to get off our high horse to realize that in a sense, we're all on the same page because we're all in different levels of life and God gives us the grace every single time. That's kind of the, the gist of what I wanted to talk about today. So if you're offended by today, don't think of me don't think of this as me trying to correct you or try to point something out because again, like I said, I have a two by four in my own eye. Like I suck at this too. I've shared other stories where, you know, I've been the first person to point out where somebody's wrong instead of being the first person to love them. And so don't think I'm targeting somebody or targeting you or, or, or whatever. This is just something that I feel like we could be doing so much better at. And if, our goal is to love the world as God loved us. And we need to realize that the world is not our playground. The world is not a mission field. The world is what God created. And this is something that we're called to love, not to hold close to us as if we earned it or as if we deserved it, but to love the world. And that's by humbling ourselves and realizing that just because I know what the Bible says is true, that doesn't mean everybody else does. And we're not going to give people permission to sin, but we're going to love them even if they don't get it. Even if they never understand what grace truly is for them. And that was when Jesus sent his son to die for everyone. For God so loved the world, not just the Christians. God, it says, it, there's no verse, there's no translation that says, for God so loved the world um, for God so loved the Christians, the believers only. No, God sent his son to die for the world. And that includes people who don't agree with us. So humble ourselves. Here are the takeaways. God opposes the proud, but he gives, gives grace to the humble. We must acknowledge the plank in our own eye before we think we can call it somebody else. We do not deserve grace. Therefore, we cannot be entitled to it. And that all can be given grace, even if we don't think they deserved it, because we didn't either. 
Okay, challenge of the week. This one's gonna sound stupid silly, and I and I promise it's it's gonna be it. Like I said, it's gonna be silly. I'm just gonna let that speak for itself. But there are times where like I don't, especially now, especially during this time where COVID nineteen and quarantine stuff is still real, still still happening, and you know social distancing is still very enforced, at least where I'm at. Um, it can be hard to see someone. It can be besides your family, and you know like the first thing I do when I see somebody new or I, I see someone, I'm like, I'm a hugger, you know, I'll go up and I'll give someone a big old bear hug and stuff. Um, but right now it's kind of a, kind of a tricky time to do that. Um, and it's for a good reason, uh, maybe to be safe. Um, but the challenge of the week, some, I, I forget who it was, but somebody had say, Hey, like you should hug yourself, like hug yourself more. Like you're doing great. Like you deserve to be, be held. And, uh, and it makes you feel less lonely. And there's been a couple times within the past couple of months where I've had to like stop and like breathe and give myself a hug. And that looks foolish, but like wrapping our arms around to the point where we feel like this, you know, this uh, pressure around us where we're like, oh my gosh, like I feel so like held and I feel so just at peace because we're always at peace when we when we're held. And when we're held by the Father and when we realize that he's always holding us and he's always leading us. And we can have this peace around. us, like, Oh no, I'm held. Like despite what's going on in the world, despite, you know, maybe I don't have a job right now because of COVID. Maybe I don't get to see my friends that much because of COVID. Maybe I don't get to do this or do that. It's like, we can take those moments and we can like hold on to them or we can just realize that no, we're held. And in that moment, we don't always feel held. And so sometimes we got to hug ourselves and realize that, oh man, this is what it feels like to be held. And God is holding us the same exact way. So I'm going to do it right now. And let me just tell you, as I'm doing it right now, man, it feels nice. I feel very at peace. <laughs> I look stupid. Like if, if my parents were to walk in my room right now and look at me, they'd be like, what are you doing? But I'm telling you guys, just give yourself a hug this week. Like speak words of affirmation over you say like, you know, I do suck, but God gives me grace and I am doing good. Like, even if I fail, like the grace I do not deserve, God gives it to me for free. You know, God loves me. Like God looks at me with, with proud, with pride in his eyes. He, he loves me. He delights in me. He, he looks at me and he, he looks at me not as someone who continually falls into sin and continually sucks, but someone who is well loved and well cherished and delighted in. And that's who you are. And if there's any words of encouragement I can give to you is that God doesn't look at you as someone who is on your high, on their high horse. God looks at you as a child. You are loved and cared for. And uh, that's my encouragement for you guys. So do it. Even if it looks stupid, give yourself a freaking hug this week. I'm telling you, sometimes we need a hug more than anything, more than words could uh, describe. So, uh, yeah, guys, that's it for this week. Um, Hope this encouraged you guys. We'll see you guys next time.